The Ringer Wrestling Show is getting you closer to all things pro wrestling. The Masked Man Show with David and Kaz drops every Thursday on the feed, along with a new show hosted by pro wrestling superfan Evan Mack called Mac Mania. Plus, hear instant reactions to all the biggest WWE pay-per-view events with our post-pay-per-view shows. Check out The Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I know, but no, man, but you come, come for the food. 100% I'll be there for the food, for- obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Writer's House on Ringer SC. I hope you're all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk about Man United, Big Declan Rice and the Lionesses who are in Euros qualifying mode. And we're going to give some flowers out as well. And my guests are the one and only Mrs. Jeanette Kwashi and Mayowa Kwaji. How are you guys? Oh, my gosh. My, I can't believe Jeanette's on. She's back. Do you know back. what? She's back. I feel like I've been so excited to come on the pod. I haven't been on for <laughs> since the start of the season. Which is absolutely crazy, but I'm back. You're doing the WWE. You're doing some good stuff. Oh, but I'm so like I've been to the Olympics and back, and and I haven't even had a chat to a chance to chat to you guys about anything. But I'm here now. I know. I'm excited. And may and may you call. I'm Gucci. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm sweet, man. I'm sweet. I'm just happy to see you guys. It's nice to see you, man. It's good to honestly, I'm not even joking. It's great to have you back, Jeanette. I really genuinely missed you. Seeing your stuff. You're doing great stuff. It was good to see you when we done that Barclays thing. That was awesome. You and the boys and the boys, you know what I mean? That went crazy. You know what? It was just good to see you. And Damage just texted me this morning, literally just texted me as we as we speak and say, Yeah, I'm training. Because he's like is it like how you that your grandson would be? You know, when you're checking in with him and that he's um yes, man, I'm fine. And then he spells things like I like spelling all right, like A I G H I P I. Yeah, I'm I, man, I'm I. So you know what I mean? I'm just uh, he's pleased. so I'm just sweet. Yeah, and it's funny cool. actually, because even ju- even during that that chat we had on stage and stuff, and we talked about the film, like Dimaggio is actually he's got such a Calm character, like persona. His yeah. his whole energy is just so chill. You know what it is? Is that um, he's because he, like if we're all together, myself, him, Bradley, Detroit, when everyone's together, you know, he's he's not one of those. He's not he's not just in deep into the conversation because he's he's kind of always got a vibe like you lot just talking pure foolishness. <laughs> so he's got the vibe where he's just always like shaking his head and you see how he was shaking because me and Sean are always like at each other. So we're at, so we're just like Sean, I was digging Sean out and then I'll try and get someone to pick me, me and them to gang up on Sean. Sean's the calmest and coolest guy in the world. So DiMaggio's got the same vibe and he just sits on the edge just going like shaking his head and going Jesus man <laughs> he's just a cool character yeah, man Papa. it's so funny because mm. his persona is so cool calm collective he's and then need you that, see that he needs that persona as well because mm. then he can go into the energy side and the, the driven side Mio and that's exactly. what we want him to do exactly because that. when he plays he plays with that mm. energy and that spark and it's like whoa it's a complete like switch up 
Mm. And then, of course, you've got the, the backflip celebrations after that. Oh it's like, whoa, yeah, I, and it's I didn't nice. expect this from... And you can <laughs> see it's in him. That's in his spirit. But that's all good, though. I'm glad you're doing up granddad. You don't even look yeah. old enough to be anyone's granddad. I am, man. I'm just like, so I, that's why I look up... Look I couldn't believe it. I'm covering. I'm covering more and more Sean body. turned 40 <laughs> as well. I'm like, Sean was 40 yesterday. No, he's not. Crazy. Yeah. He was 40, yeah. 40. Yeah. I didn't know Sean was older than me. You're joking. Sean's older, man. 25th of October. No. Sean Cameron Wright Phillips. Oh, Ian, they're keeping you, you know what? They're keeping you young, you know. You've got like some fountain of youth going on somewhere because I don't, I don't know how, like, that's mad. Anyway. Oh, no. Did you see football over the week? It was amazing. Let me see. So Man United, guys, it's not like I'm not even going to, we, we have to, we've got, we got can, to go in. Can I start this, please? Go please, can I start this, please? Go please, please. Justice for Carl Anker. Justice for Ian Wright. It's true. It's true, you know. Justice Freedom. for Carl Anker. 100%. Justice for Ian Wright. This 100%. is retribution. You know, it's coming. We Man, have justice. What you don't understand and what people don't understand and when, when you're doing this and when you're sitting on there doing punditry and you don't even need to be sitting there doing punditry, anywhere you are mentioning anything to do with, and there's two teams in particular, Liverpool and Manchester United. If you get those, if you say anything about those two teams you kind of have to get it right or you kind of like stay away from them completely because even if you get it right they're coming in droves they're coming in a tsunami a tsunami of of criticism is coming you listen to what Carl says Carl is not doing it other than giving pure facts and intelligence and I don't in like his writing it. and his criticism of what's going on they can't deal with it and the thing is you wouldn't be doing that if if Man United were playing well and, and they're playing like how Liverpool are playing, what do you think Carl's going to do? He's going to write negatively about them. He's going to write beautiful stuff about how well they're playing. They're not playing well and he's just trying to let people understand why they're not playing well. Do you know why it hurts even more though? It's because what I love about what Carl does, what everyone does, you know, in the house essentially is it's not, traditional sort of ways of looking at football. It's making it's looking at football in a way that's palatable and understandable mm. to mm. the audience and to the culture. So when there's the mention of vibes or mm. waves or something yeah. to make it very simple so you understand, it's not done to take the piss. It's just done to make it as clear as daylight yeah. what's actually going on. Yeah, but do you mm. see sometimes of, there's a culture clash though, Marwa? So like people that yeah. people that have a different school of thought when it comes down to the language you use around um certain teams, the history, the tradition of it, they get re- they get their backs up about yeah. stuff like that. So even we know a majority of people, and let's be fair, that Carl, when he's talking and he's coming with the facts and he's coming with the intelligence mm. and the intellect, he's talking sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not until it manifests the way that it did over the weekend, people are like, oh, well, maybe actually. But that's too late yeah, by then because you've already yeah, made, the is, you made yeah, your mind up. Yeah, but, yeah, but Jeanette, you're at home. It's like myself. You know, I, you're now, I'm now getting those messages saying, Ian Wright, I hope you lot see what Ian Wright was saying. You lot were cooking Ian Wright, cooking him. I'm not interested. I'm not interested because I wasn't doing it. And like I said on Match of the Day, I'm not doing it for clicks. I'm not doing it to, 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 at anyone's expense. I'm, I'm just saying it because I s- said what I saw in a year on, which was like last, like this Sunday gone. It was November last year when I said the, about the vibes and the attacking capabilities of Man United. And honestly, they, they came and they continued coming. And remember at the time, Arsenal, only up until recently, were, were not doing anything themselves. Um, but I, 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 had a, I had a feeling that uh, Mikel, I know what Mikel's trying to do. And what I've always said with Man United, I don't know what he's trying to do now. I'm not 
having a go at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because I think that what he's done in that Mourinho time to bring them through to where they were, where they started to do well, was about it. That was about it because if we look back at Chelsea and Frank, um, and we're talking about, this is where you're talking about Chelsea got a different man, a different woman um, at the helm doing their stuff in Maria. And um, you look at what they did to their legend after they took him on when there was a transfer embargo, he could only bring the kids through. You think to yourself, well, who's going to take that job around the world? Which big manager is going to take that job? You're going to go to Chelsea with the pressure that Chelsea can put a manager under with no money to spend, with a team that was kind of like, we, we've seen that's good enough, but a top manager's thinking, no, nah, man, I don't want that yet, man. They gave it to Frank for those years. He bridged it. As soon as it started to go a little bit awry, they got rid of him, mm. right? Now, when you looked at Ole, guys, and Ole's, like, rise to get that job in the first place, you're, it's always going to be, like, people are always going to question, well, he came from Molden and, and then he went to, to Cardiff and then he got the Man United job. And the fact is, you're thinking, okay, with those 11, 12, those wins, what he had, brilliantly the way he turned them around, you're thinking, yes, Ole, he's proving them right. But since then, we're not seeing it. No. We're not seeing the pattern of play. We're not seeing the energy in the team. We're not seeing the cohesion in the in the, in the training. We're not seeing the cohesion in the in the press. We're not seeing what the, the what the actual um, system is, Mayowa guys. So you're thinking to yourself, everything that's that he's getting now is going to come because you can't have players that good playing that badly, especially in arguably one of the biggest games in world football. You can't, what do you, you think's gone happen. wrong? Because is there something that's fundamental here? Like I'm looking at it and I'm just, and I can't quite put my finger on it in terms of what has fundamentally gone wrong, why there is no kind of like cohesion. Like you're right, you cannot have players of that calibre and mm. perform the way they did, especially at home. Oh my mm. God. Especially Against at home. Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. I think oh this my is, God. Um, it's, um, this didn't happen overnight. And I remember, mm. I think it was last season where United, they, appointed themselves comeback kings and they were just mm. doing this comeback thing all the time, all the time. Yeah. And you've got the players to do it, Mayo. You've got the players, yeah, but it's not sustainable. And it's not sustainable. You can't, you can't, that being a comeback kings can't be your philosophy. Like, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work. Why are you and coming back from all the time? You've got to, exactly, <laughs> you've got, you've, you've, you've got to get there why eventually. You <laughs> 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 exactly. You can't keep going backwards. You have to, you, know, you, have, to, you have to arrive at your, your destination at some exactly. point. You know exactly, I mean? and it, it's catching up with them. And I think what, how many games is it that they've been conceding? Like I think so. Yeah. Darren Lewis tweeted something. It was like it's just it's it's come to a point now where I think even if you're in that right, you be able to tell us more than anyone. Even if you're in the changing room, and mm. nothing against Oli, but you don't understand what the plan is. Mm -hmm. You don't have that cohesion you need. You're going to yep. be on the pitch, and you're going yep. to think to yourself, "Hold on, I'm looking at this team over here. We're supposed to be like." They are organised to a T. Yeah. We're just here cutting through. I think what summed up where United are for me was that clip of Ronaldo when he was doing his hands like this. Yes. I don't know if he was referring to the tactics or he was referring to the way Liverpool went through them. Either way, that sound of confusion, what he was doing, yeah. is probably how all of those United fan, mm. uh, fans all and players feel. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to they do. They don't know what to do. And I remember when I went to Arsenal, I said it on this podcast before that we done so much work on not having the ball closing down a certain player. So as then you want the ball to go to a certain player. Like for instance, if we're going to play against Man United now, we would make sure that the trigger would be like, let them pass the ball to 
across to Harry Maguire and then force him down the left side. Make sure you're tight on everybody else. That's when you see people going tight on everyone else. And then you narrow, then you kind of, you kind of like narrow down all these options for who he's going to pass it to. That's when you start getting into, okay, you're going to need play. Like if you haven't got Iniesta and Xavi's who don't business who's behind them, they're going to get the ball wherever they're going to get it. And they're going to do something. Not everybody is doing that. So you're, you're, you're kind of banking on the fact that Harry Maguire on his left foot, trying to pass to people who are tight. And if we're talking about Fred and McTominay, then all of a sudden you're going to be getting a situation where you can win the ball in an area where you are right straight back into their back four, right? So this is the work I was doing at Arsenal. This is what George Grant, like to the point where that's all we worked on. But as soon as it happened on the pitch, we every single person on the pitch knew exactly where to be. Because once you can push up, the whole team can push up, then you can pack the, the, um, the space. And then all of a sudden it's up to them who should have done their own homework to say, or well, this is what Arsenal are going to do, or this is what Liverpool are going to do. We're not talking about a team that we don't know what they're going to do, Jeanette, in, in know, Liverpool. You know what's going to happen. Everybody you are knows what's going to happen. Yes. So how have you prepared? So when you watched how people like Fred was closing down, our Greenwood's closing down without cutting the line off, our, our, our Wan-Bissaka is, is committing himself too early when it's too late. He's committed himself and he's gone too late. So by the time the ball gets to, gets to Robertson, he can easily pass it inside to Firmino, who's, who again, Maguire or Lindelof, has not come off with them because they don't know when to go and when to stay. So when you say, Jeanette, well, what's, gone wrong? what's gone wrong is that they're not working on team shape and pressing as a team. There is no way anyone can tell me from what I'm watching that that team is working on a small-sided game situation, closing down like maybe a a situation where you've got six players against two, closing down, moving the ball, pressing at the right time, cutting angles off, moving your feet quickly and triggers on the pit. They're not doing it. So we're seeing players make mistakes. We're seeing Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire bumping into each other because they don't know what's going to happen when the ball's in a certain place. Harry Maguire's going over too far. Wan-Bissaka's going in too early. So he's, he's sorry, Wan-Bissaka's going in too late. So you could play it round him. And then Liverpool are in. They, do you know what? They were, they were rattled though. They were, oh, less, they were rattled. Heads were hot. Listen, they were so rattled. And I think that's what happens when you get, when you get an early goal in the way mm. that they did. It's like, you're so confused. Everybody just starts moving mad. Like, yeah, no, fear, no, but like, no cohesion. Massive fear. Like, definitely. Fear. You know why as well, Mio, fear kicks in? Because... You know, all week, one of the things that when I used to train and, and, and I'm training, how I'm going to play on Saturday because you're hoping, I really hope I play well on Saturday because you know, I've been training well. So I'm going to be okay. And I know the tactics, everything's fine. But when you haven't been training well and you haven't been working on tactics and you're playing Liverpool and they score that early, you're instantly shitting yourself. Your bottom drops, 100%. Your bottom drops, <laughs> honestly. Drops Do you know what made me laugh as well, though, yeah? This is when, like, when we talk about philosophies and well-coached teams, right? There was a point in the game where Trent essentially went to centre mid. And I'm pretty sure the Man United defence must have been thinking, Rah, What's happening? We, 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 we didn't see these clips. What's happening? Uh, what? They didn't send us the drone footage of this. Why exactly. is man doing this? And you, you summed it up a year ago, and it's so funny. You said it's heavy vibes. And this is the only way you can Big describe vibes. it. If you're coming back from... 2-0 to win 3-2, that's just vibes. Whereas mm. if I, it reminds me a little bit of Chelsea, right? Where... 
Lampard, God bless him, he tried all he could. But I remember mm. that game against Leicester that we lost before the cup game we won against Luton before he got sacked. We had four players in the middle. Wait, we had Leicester had six players in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. There was no Chelsea players around them. I said, yeah, the players don't know what they need to do. They're not giving mm. instructions. You get Tuchel coming in and everyone knows what they're doing to a T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chelsea have more clean sheets than goals conceded because the game plan is clear as daylight. You are going to do A, B and C. It's when clinical. A happens, you do B, you do C. Absolutely. Same thing with Manchester City. We are going to pass every single team we play into submission. The only time mm. City get it wrong is when Mr. Guardiola overcomplicates it. Yeah. But that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, who else you got? Liverpool. Liverpool, we're going to press you until you sub- get clock. We're yeah. going to press you to submit. All of these teams have an identity, a way of carrying it out, and the players know what to do, and they will mm. do it to the best of their ability. Yeah. With United, you look at it, and it's just heavy. It's just, it's, it's not even good vibes. It's just bad it's vibes. Cha- it's, it's, like, it's chaotic. And I think yes. when you look it's at... It's like heavyweight boxing. It's just, it's just it, honestly, when you look at Tuchel, you look at Klopp and you look at Guardiola and then you look at Ole and you think to yourself, is Ole at his cap? Is he at his limit? Do you know what I mean? Good In question. terms of, of where question. he is as a manager, those three, and you look at them, they, they sit up there. Yes, they can be chaotic in their own sense. Don't get me mm. wrong. They've had their bad days. But Ole just seems to, maybe towards the end of certain games, the players can put it together and you've got your star player in Ronaldo or whatever. But ha- him... As a manager, I just feel mm. like he's capped. I think you know I feel something? like Jeanette, that's it. Fantastic, that's his limit. It's a fantastic question, and, and and it's a great point. And I read Jamie Carragher done a piece the other day about he did, didn't he? Something him. like that. Did you see it about that yeah. with, with him as a centre half with trying to break the partnership of John Terry and Rio Ferdinand? When you know, when it, it was a fantastic piece. It's very honest. When you know that you are maxed out in respect of your ability, you're maxed mm. out. It's like. And when he said it, it really it resonated with me simply because I thought to myself, when I was trying to get to England, when you got Shearer and Sheringham and Owen coming through and people like that, I, I, I worked as hard as I could. I maxed out. There was nothing I could do to, to dislodge that. So I was happy. Like I said, that's why Euro 96 is always going to be a problem for me. We've been on the bench because I know I'm not dislodging them, right? Because they were too good. I couldn't get to that level of for that, for that particular manager to dislodge them. And the same thing with Jamie Carragher. When you kind of max out and you think, well, I've maxed out and they're, still, they're up there, you have to kind of accept it. I believe maybe you look at, you mentioned the managers there, Jeanette, in, in Klopp, Tuchel, um, Guardiola. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you put Ole in that room, right? Oh, because we talk about players, right? And we talk about Man United players and people talk about it all the time about Man United. Are these players good enough for Man United? Are they good enough? But no one mentions, is this manager in the way that he ascended and got to this job from Mulder, from Cardiff? And we're not talking about doing unbelievable stuff when he's here with Cardiff. And he gets the Man United job. It doesn't happen like that. Frank, the way Frank got Chelsea job, it doesn't happen. It doesn't surprise me that that that. That kind of faded out. I wanted it to work for Frank, but it didn't. And you're looking at Ole and it's got to a stage where he's hanging on so much. And don't get me wrong, he's bridged that gap. He brought back a certain um, um, vibe that Man United needed where the fans are back on side. They love the club again. It's a romance, you know? Ian. Romance right? don't yeah, last. It don't romance last doesn't because, last. And, and it's he's, not he's constantly talking about the Man United way and all the stuff like that. But now you have to look at it and even the most diehard Man United, Ole loving fan will think he's maxed out. 
That's no slight on him either. Yeah, it's as not well. no slight on him, my own. And that's, when you look the at the reality, games that yeah, he's yeah. won, when you look at the games that he's, well, Ole's in trouble, like the PSG result and this and that, that was top players dragging him out of it because if Individual they, brilliance. if Man United are organised and structured in that, I'm telling you, Man United are challenging. They're challenging. So this is what the people upstairs are now having to look at. Why have we got people like, I'm hearing that, you know, Harry Maguire maybe not fit, in, not, not fit enough, not training as often as he should be at the moment, but he's still playing. When you've got people like Eric Bailly, you've got Donny van der Beek, oh my God. you know, Jaden Sancho, 70 odd million. I know that he started to see, he wasn't fit maybe at the start of the season, but that guy has been brought in to, to, to create chances, make chances on the right-hand side of Manchester United that doesn't work nowhere near as effectively as the left. He can't get a game. Paul Pogba is still, at the moment, the highest assister in the, in the Premier League. He can't get a game. You know, so you're thinking, so what the hell is going on and how long can they continue? It's not sustainable. Jesse Lingard, guys. How's Jesse Lingard have a season like he's had at West Ham and come back to Man United and you're seeing Man, one of the best pressers you will see. Man's killing it for England killing it for West Ham, one of the best pressers of the ball, and you're not, you're not, he can't get into that team. That's Come not on, bad, man. isn't it? <laughs> What's up? From your perspective right here, what is it like? I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but being in the changing room where you feel like yourself and the players just don't understand what's what the being said doing, to you. Yeah. yeah, because I try yeah. and think, when I think of it, I think of it a little bit like back in school when like a maths teacher trying to break down some algebraic something. Yeah, and you're <laughs> thinking, man's not understanding this, you know, yeah. like you're going to have to run it back. What is it like in a football context no. though? Because like you said, you even if the, the com- um, conversation just said now, even if you don't feel like you're at that level, you still have to go out there and perform. The fans yeah. don't care about that. Yeah. The stakeholders don't care about that. But the information you're getting on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's it. not, it's not you know hitting what? the way it is. Do you know no, I, no. I, I, right, just before you answer that, I used to feel, when, whenever I used to get an instruction as an athlete, yeah, mm. and you know, maybe it was a technical thing, okay, you've got to get out of the blocks and you've got to hit it to 30, mm. you've got to count your step. Like, I used, to, I used to feel thick. If I didn't understand <laughs> it, I used to feel proper stupid. Like, I'm like, <laughs> well, am, I, am I not intelligent enough to understand what my coach is trying to say to me? Yeah. But then yeah. within my, this is what you, right, where you might feel as a team, like within yourself, you know there's a different way of doing it and you feel more comfortable with doing it. But someone is saying to you, do it this do way. It you, this have way. To, you have to trust them, my no, one. If you don't I, trust them, then it, it starts yeah. to get a bit mad. You're, you're, the conflict yeah. in your own head is crazy. Yeah, the thing is, is that in the structure, I'm very fortunate that the managers I dealt with were very astute in their coaching. Steve Koppel, you know what I mean? Um, George Graham. You know, even Bruce Rioch, you know, um, Graham Taylor, uh, Glenn Hoddle, all them guys, I had a little, had a, you know, like, so I've never been in a dressing room where the team come in and where we don't know, like how Liverpool, Liverpool when, when Man United went in the other day, they would be thinking, they're 4-0 down. You go in there and you probably cry. I remember when we, were, when we lost 9-0 to Liverpool, oh we were God. more... We, we, the reason why we lost 9-0 to Liverpool is that they were better than us. And for, at the time, we'd just come up from, um, with Palace. They were just passing around us. Even if we had two men on them, they, Barnsley, McMahon, Rush, were killing us with football. We had no answer. But in respect of tactics and going out there, not knowing what you're doing, I've not been under a manager and go out and not know what you're doing. I've been under managers where you go out and the team has blitzed you. 
like the man, like Man United are just coming in waves and waves, <laughs> and you're just trying to fight them off. But we know that we've nothing got you can just. Do. You can't do nothing because you've got to see this off. You know, when you go to Old Trafford, <clears throat> and this was happening, you got gigs and you got gigs and all them man flying at you. You know what I mean? And you, you know your tactics, you know what you're going to try and do, but they start, it's like, it's like a boxer coming out and the man's just, and just lame throwing haymakers straight off the bat. And you can't tap but out. When, you've got to go you to that image. You no, just so got to keep got, going. You got, oh you got my to defend God. yourself, Jeanette, Mayawa. You defend yourself and wait and say, we've got to see this phase out. But tactically, we know what we're going to do once it calms down. Because what you've got to do, you've got to see off that time. So I've never been in a situation where we don't know tactically what we're going to do. But when you get players who are starting like Man United, you can't stop Giggs when he's flying like that and he's got the crowd behind him. And he's, you know what I mean? He's got his team behind him. You just have to deal with that energy for that time That's and hope Salah that you get back minute, in it. it. That's Salah you know at the mean? minute, yeah. I've never been in a situation like Liverpool, like Man United when they go in there and they must be saying to themselves, what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> they went in that dressing room, guys, and they would have been sitting there. Firstly, they would have, it's like, you know, you go back to the corner and someone's just putting smelling salts under your nose. And then they'll be think. Then the realization will hit them that we've got to go out and Liverpool four 0 up. They're going to embarrass us. This this could be embarrassing at home against our biggest rivals. That for me is something that's never happened. And I and I could say, and I'm going to say it confidently. If they play any, if they're not working on, if they play anywhere like that when City roll up, it's going to be the same. They're so mad because I guess the maddest thing for a player now, especially I've seen a lot of United players at the moment is. When you're getting smacked up like that, you're probably thinking, "Raw oh, man's got to do another apology post on the gram, you know? It's <laughs> <a bit mad. laughs> you got to do it. We go again. Go again. Go again. But do you know who's someone that deserves an apology, though? Dude. The Hammers boss, David Moyes. Oh my gosh. He deserves an apology <laughs> from a lot of United fans because they didn't trust him. And look they at what he's doing now. They he took them from relegation to yeah. playing well in Europe. They're doing, oh listen, and look at who is at the centre of that. Look at Declan, please. Oh my gosh, come on, Jeanette. <laughs> big Declan. Big Declan. Do you know, De- Declan Rice, and this is going to sound really mad, I saw him out on Sunday mm. and he was eating jollof rice. I'm not <laughs> joking. Do you, J- Jeanette, do you know why this is so funny? Fact. Do you know why this is so Fact. funny? So Fact. yesterday on Versus... Ian, why are you laughing? Wrote, 100%. You know what? Wrote, Declan Rice is eating Jalof Rice. It's just Jalof Rice. You know what's amazing? We wrote a caption on him yesterday on Versus because like, he needs his respect. And in one of the, one of the lines was, Rice is... Right, this rice right now is boiling with sauce. That's right. We should call him Jollof. That's right. So that's right. Call that's his name. His name's Jollof Rice his name now. Is Declan, Declan, Jollof, Jollof, rice. Declan Jollof Rice. That's what I'm going to call it because he's moving very saucy. <laughs> very saucy. Very spicy. Very and spicy. And I'm into it. Declan My Jollof Rice. He's doing so, like, what is it? What's going on with him this season? No, no, no. You know what it is? Go on, my yo. I'll come in. I was going to say, you know, a few weeks ago we spoke about, I don't like comparing comparing players, but we spoke about Madison and sort of his situation, how big clubs came after mm-hmm. him, how it was about, you know, you need to kind of keep your form going and everything. What we've seen from Declan Rice is this is someone that West Ham came in as a centre-half, then moved to midfield. Mm-hmm. People said that, you know, he couldn't do it. He stayed there. He got the captain's armband. Week in, week out, he's put level of performances. Yeah. And even when the big teams have come in, the speculation, he's always consistently stayed at a level. Yeah. 
He's one of the only England players that's come back and not had a hangover from the Euros. He's yeah. still performing. Mm. He's adding more to his game season on season. I'm seeing assists. I'm mm. seeing him play like Yaya Toure. Yes. I'm like, what is going on? He's just really understood that at a team like West Ham, we're in a real transitional period where we're one of the brightest squads in the Premier League right now. We've gone from relegation battles to being in Europe. Mm. And I'm a focal point of that and I'm going to own it. He literally owns that team. You look yes. at them and it's yes, like, this is own. his team. And you know, he's the guy. He's only 22, you know, 22. 22. West Ham, as we speak, are in the top four, right? Constantly. And then what will happen is you've got teams talking like a man, you know, like people saying, oh, Declan should leave it. Declan shouldn't leave yet. Declan is now captain of a West Ham side in top four. And, And let's face it, if they can make sure that they keep Antonio fit and keep him going, they need to make sure they continue to score goals of, of course. But why should Declan move? and go anywhere for the next few years when he could probably lead West Ham into the top four. You know, he's, they, they, who knows what's going to happen with them in the, in the, in the Europa League. They could go, they could go far in that because you could see that David Moyes will probably make sure that they go quite far in that. Why would you leave? What, what are you leaving to, to go where? You know what I mean? Of course you're looking at, you know, people are talking about going back to Chelsea. Why at the moment? You know, you know, the only, the only problem Declan Rice will have is like what Jack Grealish did. If Aston Villa can get into the top four and challenge, and I, I, I could play Champions League, I'll stay. So if Declan Rice is now in the Champions League with West Ham, he could stay in the Champions League with West Ham. There's teams in the top four who can't, who can't guarantee, Man United can't guarantee that. They'll say, oh, you come here and we probably do that. He might be able to do that with West Ham. And he's captain. Lead West Ham into it. Yeah, And then not? if you get, to, you get to go to the max where you can go, Give West Ham another four years. You're still in your peak. Yeah. And the trajectory of West Ham at the know, moment. And also it's legacy honestly. as well, isn't it? It's your, it's your yeah. own legacy. You start that from early. You start that from young. Yeah. Like West Ham have had Mark Noble for how long now? For yeah. years. You he's, know, been he's been there for been there so for long. From start to finish. Like, so bring in somebody now who can have that same energy, the same attitude that lives and breathes for the club. Like, and I see that in Declan Rice. You know, you can mm. see he's out there and he plays so hard do you know what I mean and that's important yeah. and that's important for the fans to be able to see that and yeah. respect that there's somebody out there yeah. fighting for the team fighting for them but like, yeah. can I just say something with Mark Noble and how sometimes you know what I mean if you believe in that sort of thing my mum would because <laughs> when Mark Noble came off the bench to take the penalty my mum oh, no, God well, how could how could God do that to the man <laughs> Oh man! Oh my god! <laughs> I swear to God, that when that when that happened, that I was said, so bad. Honestly, man, oh. stop the game. Bring him on. Oh. And nah, God's man, just up there. You know what? It made me. Re- I, was, I started thinking of that film Clash of the Titans, where they're up there just playing with those models, man. And <laughs> just like, did it on got Declan, hey, Declan right, just you know it is there, yeah. <laughs> I think there was something spiritual there because for the last yeah. few seasons, yeah. Mark Noble has been punishing Manchester United. He has been punishing them. Yeah. He has been running yes. ragged. I remember there's one game he was making Pogba look very funny and United fans have hated him. And you know United have called the Red the Devils. There was yes. something spiritual going on because there's no man. reason why. They've gone for Noble. <laughs> because Noble doesn't miss penalties. There was no, no reason. Man. No, it was a mad penalty. That's, that's why, why would you, it's, that is making me anxious again, you know. That was a no. really bad day. Please, you, just, you know what he deserves, and you know what I mean. I, I, I jest, but the fact is, he des- It's one of those things where you think, man, deserved to score that man. Why did mm-hmm. they not let him score that? But at the same time, again, we're dealing with somebody 
at West Ham that will probably, you know, he knows this is his last season. He's probably starting to edge towards the coaching side of things. Mm. And he, as a captain of West Ham, is there for Declan Rice to lean on as well. The person they, of the guard has been beautiful at West Ham. Yeah, it's been it one was of the beautiful, isn't it? The battle of passing. I just feel they have to try and find that goal scorer to, to help Mikel Antonio. And you see Halla. He's moving source. He's got like six man, goals in the Champions mm. League. Goal scorer in the Champions League. Sometimes you have to have a little bit more patience, but at the same time, it's the kit, Ian. It's the kit. Is that, is that's what the it is, man. It's the vibes of the kit, man. It's the vibes. It's giving him energy. He drew Honestly. him in. But like, they, uh, they need to sort that out. But other than that, the, the point, sorry, I, I digress from the point. Declan Rice has got no, for me at the moment, if I'm his management team in it, I'd say, Declan, stay here and do what you're doing. Stay yeah. here and do what you're doing. Continue to progress here because he's killing it for England. He's killing it for West Ham. What's he leaving and going to? If he's not, like, Man City, the Man Cities of this world and the Chelsea's are the ones for the only two teams for me at the moment when you look at Liverpool as well. Those three teams at the moment are the only ones that if Declan comes to three or four years' time and they're coming and they're still going on with their nastiness, how they're dealing with teams, then you have to think about it if West yeah. Ham are not there. But right now, Declan should right. stay there, man, and keep He's pushing. Right. Yeah, man. And also, what's that though. like when you're flying like that, okay, and you're yeah. young and you're flying like that and you're confident in your play? Like, what is that yeah. like? How is he stepping into training every day? What is his vibe he's, going to be like? With the jello fries and the little tableware. He's, he's you know <laughs> It's amazing because the only thing I can, I, I can equate it to was when I was at Palace, I got into the England squad. You know you're playing regular um, for your team. You've got in the England squad. You're doing okay. Um, you know, you're starting to get recognised by everybody. And, you know, when you're going to training, you are, you can feel, you can feel that you are different. You've gone to another level. And that's what happened when I came back from England. This is why I was very surprised. Um, and, I, and I saw that Jermaine Jennings got, a lot, of, got a, fl- a lot of flack for saying when he went to England and came back to Newcastle, his levels dropped. Because what I found that when I went to England and came back to Palace, my levels rose because I realized what you have to be doing to stay. You know, Jeanette, when you go and you go to those meets and you're with the international top and you see how they're preparing, you see how they're training and you mm. see what they're dealing with, you see their ability, you realize I need to be at this level all the time yeah. just to stay with their man. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to Palace, I was, I was floating. I was floating when I went back to Palace. And that's how I felt, Jeanette, when I started scoring goals in the first division, got into England. When you go into training, man's floating, man. Yeah. Man was, flo- I was, I was floating on air because you feel you. invincible. You feel amazing. Declan must feel amazing right now. Definitely. You know, we're talking about one of the, one of the, one of the players, one of the brothers who's very much right in amongst the culture as well. Yeah, proper. And now his name's Joloff. Yeah, Declan Joloff Rice. He better understand that is his name. Oh my goodness. I was going to say, 100%. For, for both of you, like, yeah. you know the, the point you mentioned about he doesn't need to move yet. Mm. For both of you who've kind of, you know, done so well in different disciplines, do you think that there's this sort of desire for instant gratification that people make moves quickly? They make the big move instead of looking at sort of the grander scheme of the of yeah. everything and played. Also, because you like know, you said, Jeanette, yeah. he can build a real legacy at West Ham. 100%. You know what happens with my wife? Sometimes 
it's the team around you. It's the people around mm-hmm. you that get greedy yes, as opposed yeah. to you. So other than you actually keeping your head and understanding Louder. what the long-term Louder vision Jeanette. is, it's true, it's of everyone mm. else. And it's that mm. external pressure you get from sponsors, agents, parents, like mm. family members, and you feel that. And then, then you get a lot of people around you as well that are very yes men, like, oh, yes women. Mm. But you say something and they're like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Rather than actually challenge you on your own thinking. Yeah. So yeah. you would hope within himself, he can see actually, you know what, if I do go to any of these clubs, then I'm maybe not going to get the game time. I'm maybe not going to be able to develop as a person, as a player. And I'm hoping mm. that he's got good people around him. But I don't know, Ian, like you're, you're in this, you see it mm. more so. And it's tough to find a team of people you know, around you that care. Yes. That's the one thing that you, if you're lucky enough to get that, a player I can probably give a good example would probably be Phil Foden. Mm. He must have unbelievable people around him because um, the way he has just developed in Manchester City when everybody was clamoring for him to go somewhere else and get game time and do something, you know, and he stayed, he stayed, and now he is like, he's arguably one of the, he's, he's, he's easily one of the top three footballers, young players of, of his age in the world, easily. So when you look at, the people around you, like Jeanette rightly said, remember, as harsh as it is, they're looking to make money. 100%. They have to make money. So the way they make money on a regular basis is get their player to move and then they get that big kind of money, whether it's right for the player or not. And because we're saying, oh, look at Declan Rice. But Declan Rice, if you've got good representation around you, they will say, no, 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 we're happy here. You know what I mean? He's in England. He's a captain of West Ham. He's doing well. Now, if you've got agents who, for whatever reason, or representatives for whatever reason, are trying to chase down the money to get the move, then they're going to put pressure on you and say, listen, you need to be playing Champions League. You need to be doing it. He doesn't. Declan Rice is doing everything. He's playing international football regularly for England, and he's not playing Champions League. Declan Rice just recently got into, started playing proper European football last, last couple of years. You know, and that's the Europa League, not the Champions League, but he's playing international football. So if you've got people around him saying, no, 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 he's fine. His progression to get towards the Champions League will be, leave it. Let him captain a team in the Europa League, see how far they go. He's playing international football. He's doing well for West Ham. They'll probably offer him a new deal soon anyway. And then just let him progress slowly because if Declan Rice now leaves and goes somewhere else, the instant pressure that comes on him. Can you imagine? The amount of people that's talking about West Man United needing that holding midfielder to steady their ship. and do, What difference would it make if Declan Rice went there now under the, the current structure of coaching that they're doing and it doesn't work out? Then what? What's going to happen to Declan? What's going to happen to Declan Rice? Exactly. It's They'll not take away good. the jell from him. No, it's exactly, gone. Exactly. They'll take away the jell So mm. what We're needs to happen, Declan needs to just stay where he is because and the management team around him needs to understand that if Declan stays there in three, four years' time, he's going to get that move and they will still make their money. Let him develop, continue to develop for me. Hundred. And also, imagine that captaincy that he's got, actually, and how much mm. that's helping him develop as a person. You know yeah. what I mean? You're in there, you're leading them every day, week in, week out, on the pitch. That, that helps so much. And you go to a team and then you just, you, you're within yourself. You're not able mm. to just express yourself and play the ball that you want to play. Of course, let the boy stay at West Ham, please. Let him stay, man. 100%. Stay Is he getting Jaloff. flowers? Are we giving him flowers He's, or Jaloff? I, no, give him Jaloff. <laughs> give him both. He can have Jaloff. I've got some flowers. I've got some flowers. I've got some flowers to someone else, man. I've got some flowers for someone else.
So I've done the game, um, Northern Ireland game, Lionesses, man. Like, can I just say, honestly, guys, just going to the game is wonderful. No toxicity, mm. man. No toxicity. Is it, was it Wembley? Word. Toxicity. Wembley. It was it Wembley, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, it's Wembley. It's brilliant. The people are lovely. They're happy going that to the game. That was the first qualifier that they've ever played at yeah. Wembley, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And can I just say, before we go into the Lionesses, Northern Ireland, in fact, I'm going to give them a, 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 some roses, just a couple of flowers for the way they performed for 65 minutes. A team that's got a, a, a country that's only recently the administration has been taken over by the Northern Ireland Football League, right, in 2016. They've, only, they've got, what, they've got eight, eight it's, going to, it's just going to eight teams from six. They play 14 games. You know, it's the, the manager, Shields, is just coming. Kenny Shields is just coming. Like, came in at 2019. And for them to have qualified for the Euros, the women's Euros, it is unbelievable. It's, an it, it's unbelievable achievement what they what they what these ladies had done. And for them to hold off England like that, they played, they defended stout. It was a magnificent effort. But the quality came through with England. Yeah, of course. The quality came through and it would come through. And you know, the lady who I'm going to give um flowers will be Beth Mead. But of we've course. got to talk about We've got to talk about, um, I'm going to talk about Ellen White because mm. I think that up to this point, guys, Luxembourg, North Macedonia and the Northern Ireland game, which she didn't score. I just think that her form, and I know she's three goals away from the, um, the record. But I just think her form in those qualifiers has not been good. And it's because she's not playing regularly enough. Mm. And I think in those games where she did score, you know, whether it's, Elise, whether it's Alicia Russo, whether it's Ebony Salmon, uh, Beth, Beth England, they, I think that they would score in these games as well. And I think Ellen White will play in the, tour, in, the in the, in the Euros because her tournament goal, goal scoring record is, is insane. Just, yeah, it's, she's, it's insane, she's a, she's right? a championship performer. She knows how to turn but, up for champs. But the thing about it is, is that her form hasn't been great in those games for me. Mm. And I think it was an opportunity for Serena to look at those girls and, and give them games give them confidence. I think that Beth England, hopefully Emma Hayes doesn't hear this, but she probably will. She needs to get some game time somewhere. She needs to, if she wants to really push Ellen White, who's 33 now, really push her, she needs game time. She needs to go somewhere where she can play regularly because if she does, I think that Serena will pick her. Mm. Two things on that though, Ian. One thing I really love about Beth England is the fact that the way she's competing at that Chelsea squad is you may have this shirt, but I'm going to push you and make sure mm. that every t- single minute I'm on the pitch, you're going to know I'm scoring goals. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. what she's done this season already. Yeah. But on what you were saying before about um, Ellen, what I found interesting, I think it's been three games, right? 24 goals scored, mm-hmm. eight different goal scorers, and she's not mm. been one of them. Yeah. Mm. But you look at the attacking talent. So you've mentioned Ellen, you've got Frank Kirby, mm-hmm. Ella Toon, oh Hemp, Paris, oh yeah. Mead, yeah. Yeah. Stanway. It's- it is a lot. Russo, Salmon. A lot. That's a lot. And, and you, yeah, have, just, you have to remember, it's a new manager. Yeah. It's a, m- m- mentioned Kira Walsh as well because she yes, is. Yeah, yes, of course. Tom of course. Brady of women's football, bro. Of course, of course. And what you have to remember is when you've got a new manager and you're trying to achieve higher things, remember, even mm-hmm. with all of these results, people are still saying that there's more to come. We need mm-hmm. more. We need more goals. We need to be more attacking. Mm-hmm. We're going to play harder teams. You've got to leave an imprint now. This is a new sort of lease of life for this yeah. team. Yeah. It, something it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next in in the next game the next few fixtures because yeah. 
This is a really, really talented team yeah. that are yeah. really hungry and for also, different you, reasons. Yeah, and you're also fighting for spots aren't you yep. and it's interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned that Ellen's just three goals away from the record and you know that okay, reminds me of yeah. it Go reminds on. me of like a Serena Williams where you know you're so yeah. close to a record but you can't for whatever reason you just can't quite be on it can't quite get it do you see what I'm saying and it's like for her she knows this there is more than doable but then when you've mm-hmm. got all that attacking talent I almost feel psychologically as well you know that everyone is around you that is before out almost outperforming you yeah, so it's like how do playing, i get yeah. how do i get how do i get on it how do i make sure it also essentially keep your place and keep your status yeah. and that's really really hard to deal with you wake up thinking about that a lot because you're mm. just worried that actually if i don't get the game time if i don't get the minutes and i'm not going to be able to get on the pitch to be able to get the record and you're thinking too far ahead rather than dealing mm. what's, with what's well, thing, in front of you the thing with it is as well um Jeanette, is at the moment, because Khadija Shaw's coming in now, she's going to start getting her time. Mm-hmm. So Ellen, Ellen's going to probably get less time on yeah. there. Especially if, if Bunny, Bunny Shaw starts scoring goals. If she starts scoring goals, then why would you leave her out? You wouldn't. You know, so again, even Ellen at her, at her stage of her career now, you know, just to get herself sharp and keep herself going, because I think she had some really good, she should have done that record by now. Mm. The chances she missed, should have killed, should have obliterated it by now. But I think that, when you get to that age, I think you need to be playing regularly to have the sharpness in that box. Have yeah. the sharpness in that box. Yeah. And I believe going into those Euros, she, yes, we know that she scores in tournaments, but like, I think she does need to be playing. And I think that Serena should be using these players now to, to push her even more. Because if I'm, if I'm Ellen White, I'm not going to be sitting on my laurels feeling like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the Euros. I am no, I'm going. I want to go there getting ready to blast. Mm-hmm. I want to go there and blast. So Ellen White herself needs to look at something and say to herself, you know something, I need to play. I wonder if I could go and go, go to some, somewhere else, even if it's, I, I don't know what the, the, city, the city vibe is with her and that, if, if, if they'll let her go. But going into that tournament, all of those players need to be playing regularly. Yeah. If, if we as England have got a chance of doing it. You don't, you, you don't want Beth England sitting on Chelsea's bench coming on every now and then, sitting right. on England's bench coming. Mm. She needs to be playing regularly because if she's playing regularly, she brings a different energy up front. She's a harder runner. She's a more aggressive runner. She, you know, she can, she can, she can score goals, man, at that level, given the opportunity. If you had to Especially pick your front today, the, like today, uh-huh. today, if you had to pick your front, your, who, like the squad gets picked tomorrow, who's going? Mm. Your front three. A front, what, for England? Yeah. Kirby's got to be in it. I, yeah, but the thing is, is that I think that on form yeah, right now, right now, and you should, I'd, I'd pick, um, I'd pick Beth Mead yep. on there. I'd pick, I'd probably pick Ellen White simply because, um, simply because Beth England isn't playing regularly enough, and we're talking about England. Um, Alicia Russo is, is like she's doing at Man United, but she's still developing, and Ebony Salmon, she needs to develop. So you probably still pick Ellen White, and yeah. this is why those girls have got to. Start playing, yeah. and then obviously Lauren, Lauren Hemp over on the left. Lauren Hemp for me plays for the Baller. next ten years. Yeah, solid. Baller. Yeah, but you Baller. see where Frank Kirby, Frank Kirby again. Frank Kirby's got um, the kind of where is Frank Kirby's position in the England side yeah. now? Yeah, you know I believe that someone like Jordan Nobbs should be in the squad as well. Mm. She didn't pick Jordan Nobbs, Serena, which I found very um, peculiar. But she picked Jill Scott, who's not going to play. Kara Walsh has just come back from injury. She's straight back in, which is rightly so. She's the only player we've got that plays like she plays. And to be honest, she's easily one of the best holding midfielders and, and, and 
keepers of the ball. She's just an unbelievable footballer to watch, Kira Walsh. So she has to play and she has to come in. But for her not to pick Jordan, Jordan Nobbs and say that she's not played enough game and playing and she's bringing Jill Scott who's not playing enough games really is one of those things that makes me feel like mm. oh, really you know what I mean <laughs> just bring just bring us you know it's like yeah. it's a bit you know it's a bit yeah. you know what I mean you know, simply because we're talking about somebody who got an injury he's had some injuries yeah. fought her way back Jonas Jonas said that she's ready to go mm. she's ready to go bring her in the squad have a chat to her see how she is give her the vibe of the energy that listen I haven't forgotten you because how do you think you feel if you're Jordan Nobbs right now? <sighs> I can't get into this squad. You're picking Jill Scott and she's not playing. It's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really tough. It's just like, and and even for Jordan it's the to man management, the woman management. It's just, and it's just for, even for Jordan to stay motivated, like that's tough. Yeah. And it's not, it is, it's it is no, she's yeah. still amongst it. Absolutely. On, on that note of motivation and psychology, mm. I want to go back to the flowers because mm. this revenge tour that we're witnessing from Beth Mead. Oh my God, forget it, mate. So smoky. Man, they oh left her out word. for Olympics. What? She said, you didn't want to be Olympics. She said, yeah, that was true though. Said, no, it's you want to leave me true. out? It's true. Cool, okay. no problem. And I'll, show, no problem. I'll give you a reason. I don't know about you, yeah, Ian. I, like, honestly, when people used to doubt me, the fuel it used to give me, and that's mm. not always a good thing. It's not always yeah, yeah, yeah. a good thing because you need to I guess to it depends on who you are. Because like, right, you always said that you needed like, you needed something. Yeah, but to what end, though, my work? Because yeah, once, once yeah. you've got the revenge, then what? You're just a flat pancake. <laughs> like, you just, that's it. That's it. You, it, need, it needs to be intrinsic. It needs to come from you to be able to yeah, show, yeah, like, yeah. rather than it be an external thing, like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. Yeah. I'm going to show them. Like, sure, after, yeah. at what point? Once you've shown them, like yeah. she did, now what? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But it's I guess like, for her, it's, yeah, too, it's double-sided because it was the revenge element. And then it was also the element of, okay, Arsenal bringing a lot of attacking talent. That's cool. Mm. I'll I'll show that you can bring all of this talent, but I'm still going to be still that girl. Yeah. I'm still but yeah. Can I'm, I, it's still can me. I say as well, my old, you know, is um with Beth Mead and the way she's just gone about it. It's like even Arsenal. I went to watch Arsenal against Everton, and they played Nikita Paris in front of her. They played Nikita Paris in front of her again the other day, and I don't think it's right at the moment with the way she started the season. I've watched Nikita and at the minute I'm not seeing not enough end product mm. right now. I'm not seeing it yet. Hopefully she'll, she'll get to that level. But while you've got someone like Beth Mead who, who's coming on and just, just doing it, why isn't she playing? She has to be starting. You know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's demoralising. And I'm glad that she got her hat trick and she's getting all the love. And that's why Beth Mead is getting flowers because for any like little boys, little girls out there, sometimes it's not fair. And you think to yourself, this, this isn't fair. Yeah, 100%. It's not fair. It's not fair. But what you've, it's not fair. But then you think to yourself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, as long as I'm in and around it, I'm going to show them. Regularly. You know, what's that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to show them and I'm going to continue to show them until they cannot ignore me. Because what it does, it makes... Nikita Paris, unfortunately for her, when she goes back to Arsenal, which I watched her against Everton, I, I didn't think she had a very good game. I watched her for England and she flashed a little bit. But you want people to come with proper end product and a goal threat like Beth Mead is. So now Nikita's got to kick, she's got to get, kick herself into gear. Because mm. otherwise, how are you going to honestly be keeping out somebody who's doing what Beth Mead is doing? So Beth Mead don't need to say anything because look, I'm here saying it for her. And that is what her, uh, 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 staying quiet, getting on with it and being professional. And this is why I say to the kids, sometimes it's not fair, Life but look fair. at Beth Mead. This is it. You make them, you make yourself impossible to ignore. ignore. 
you know, with your work ethic and your goal and doing what you're doing. And then they can't ignore you. And now the pressure just goes on those people and you're just there just saying, well, I didn't have to say anything, but my feet done the talking. And that is what Beth Mead is getting flowers for. Yeah. For her professionalism and the fact that she is showing them what the rascal are you lot doing leaving me out? <laughs> 15 minute hat trick, you know. 15 minutes, my own. 14. Came, imagine, no, but just Don't imagine. take a minute off the bench. She came on off the bench and said, okay, you know here we go. You're, you're sitting on the bench. You're seeing, you're seeing all of these chances missing. You're thinking, yeah. oh, you're, you're, doing, you're doing the warm up. The fans are clapping for you. You know what? Your chest is tight, you know. Your chest is tight because you know. Like, it's literally that. And you're just banging goals. Like, no, she's smashing it. And also, can I just give flowers? I know we've mentioned already, Fran. If she plays yeah. um, tomorrow, yeah. that's 50 caps 50 for her. 50 caps. Come on. Yes. From where she's yes. come back from yeah. to oh what she's God, been through to this, like, now nah, come on. Another, like, another I rate woman. It. I rate it Another highly. woman where you look, like you look at, literally, literally all the ladies playing, yeah. most of them, especially the Franz, Ellen White. You know, Ellen White said something in her interview. She says, you know, when I was younger, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me I could play football for and like, as a, as a young boy, you can do that. You can dream mm. of being a professional footballer. She couldn't even dream of it. And look at her now. She's in the Ballon d'Or nominations. Mad. You look at what, you look at her story, Kelly Smith's story, yeah. Frank Kirby's story. All of these stories could probably make a very, very good documentary 100%. or a film. Yes. Because of what they've been through. Yeah, all of them. You know, because of what they've been through. And I, I swear, to be honest, it's, I, I can't tell you how much I'm loving being involved in doing the, um, the women's game. It's, it's, I've got, it's a vibrancy and an energy and kind of embryonic stage of everybody accepting it that makes me feel so excited for it. Yeah. But quick, just a quick one before we, before we wrap up on that. Um, Maya, I want to ask you, what is going on with Lauren James? What's the latest? What's going on, bro? I mean, we've probably seen more of you than we've seen Lauren James oh, to man. Be Yo, what's going, going on? on there I remember when the move was going through and it was like coming mm. back home and everything and I understood it but it's always that battle of it's like what we said that instant gratification versus the legacy etc yeah. sort of debate the Euros is coming thick and fast and we're not seeing her Enough. and that Chelsea team is going to perform how it's going to perform so to break into that you have to be at a crazy level to even make someone think I'm going to tweak it yeah mm. And it, it's so yeah. unfortunate because it's a very, very talented football. And we always say it with young footballers, you need game time. Like yeah. training in amongst really good footballers is going to develop you to a certain extent, but, but you, you need, need an to opportunity play. to showcase that. How, old is, she, how old is she now, Lauren? 20? 20? 20. 20. Yeah. I know she's got time. And you know something? I know she's with the right manager with Emma. Mm. Emma will, Emma will she, she'll coach her well. Yeah. But I'm just hoping that at some, I just want to start seeing yeah, Some, a, more bit more, a bit more. Somebody who's yeah. an England international, ready, like in the in the making, and a creative, like unbelievably creative player that's ready to go. But I'm just not seeing not enough of her. I want to see yeah. more of her, but I don't want to dive uh, di um, digress from the fact that this was predominantly to give Beth Mead the flowers she deserves. Flowers the for me. Flowers Mead. she deserves. Flowers for Beth. Fourteen Mead, minute hat trick. Yes, insane. No. Come insane. on, Bethany. Come on. <laughs> Listen, guys, what can I say but thanks for coming to the yard? Yeah. I've missed you guys and so much. I've missed you so much. Oh, Look at goodness. you. I love you so much. Yeah. And you're doing so much stuff. Thank you. I, you're doing so much stuff and you're doing great stuff. Can't I'm wait so to see proud you of you. Soon. We're going for dinner soon. We're, see, we're going for dinner we soon, are, man. It's going to be good. We are. Mayo, I love you. You're not bro. joining us for the first bit, are you? I don't think I could join you for the first bit. 
No, no, Jeanette's not joining us for the first Jeanette's bit. not joining us for the first <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You see, Uncle Ian don't even know his diary. Don't even know his own diary. No, we're going to the banya and everything, man. And no, I can't come. I know, but no, man, come for the food. 100% I'll be there for the food, obviously, yeah. Go for the food and drink. But I'll, I'll, I'll see you and I'll miss you. Mm, I'll see you soon. I'll, you. I'll see you soon. God bless. Moyawa, speak to you, brother. See you soon, bro. Good God to bless, you guys. my brother. God bless. Thank you very much to Moyawa. Thank you very much, Jeanette. I miss you, Jeanette. And thanks very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Righty's House. What can I say? But like, make sure you stay safe, guys. Stay safe and I'll see you again soon. God bless. <laughs>